you, you, you missed last Sunday, but uh, next Sunday we are going to be having a specially called uh, church meeting. Uh, it won't be long. We'll have our normal service, but we will be called to order next week. The purpose of the meeting is to ask your approval uh, for the building of a new entrance to our Family Life Center and to build a new state-of-the-art children's worship area for our kids back in the Family Life Center. On the screen there, you can see uh, what our architect's general idea is for this area and what it looks like. It, this is the east end of the Family Life Center. If you're familiar with that end now, uh, it's not so nice. And uh, the, there's a little playground out there, but uh, uh, we uh, are, are excited about the possibility of having a new handicap accessible entrance for our families. They would bring their children into this area, uh, a more secure area that have, would have a children's check-in system uh, for your kids. And so uh, this is kind of what it looks like. Uh, Dave, you put that next slide up. You can kind of see the the floor plan of, of what it might look like. On the bottom half of that screen, uh, you can see the, the addition that we're making uh, there that we plan to make. There will be an additional classroom added that will more than likely be used for many church. Uh, but then the, the next screen, I believe, will show uh, you kind of a general layout of our facilities from above so you can kind of see where that's located at. But uh, anyway, we've received unanimous approval from our local church board that you've elected to proceed with this project to go ahead. We've received approval from our district properties board, district superintendent. They reviewed our finances. They've reviewed the plan, uh, what our ideas are, and they've unanimously approved the project. The Church of the Nazarene requires that any time you are adding additional space to your facility, additional square footage, and you want to borrow any amount of money to do that, then the church has to uh, approve that as well. And, and so next week, uh, if you're 15 years old or older and a member of this local church, then you will get an opportunity to vote on this project uh, to go forward. Now, uh, there, there are more. If you want to look at those plans a little closer, they're, they're out there in the lobby available to you to, to look at as well. If you have any questions, let us know. Now, here's something I want to share with you today because I know in making a decision about borrowing money, uh, you really need to know where we are financially. And so I, we're going we're gonna to show you that this morning. Our current indebtedness is approximately about $110,000, okay? That's a mortgage that we owe on when we built this building. Uh, and so um, it, that's tremendous that we're there. Our monthly mortgage payment, just so you know, is right around $1,000, almost $1,100 a month. Now, that's cheaper than some of your house payments, but that's what our mortgage payment is on the current loan that we have. We've been paying for the past several years $5,000 a month toward that to get that principal down so we don't have to pay as much interest. We've been trying to pay that off uh, as quickly as possible, and uh, we've been blessed to be able to do that. Now, our church currently has, as you can see there, we have about $175,000 uh, on hand. 11000 of that has been designated in giving to the building fund, which would be available for us to use uh, as well. 
Uh, all of our denominational budgets are, are paid up, paid in full. Uh, we've actually paid those in full for over 20 years uh, without any problem. During the 2015-16 church year, we received a little over 600000 and our operating expenses were about 530000 All right, many of you know our church year starts in May. All right, so eight months into the current year, 2016-17 church year, so far we've received... Uh, approximately $418,000, and our expenses have been $385,000. We are currently operating under our forecasted and proposed budget for the year, which always makes me happy and our church treasurer happy and our board happy. But anyway, we just want you to get a glimpse of where we're at. We don't want anyone to have any reservations about if we can afford this or not afford this. I, I can assure you our board would not be presenting this to you uh, if we felt like it wasn't uh, something that we could do. But, you know, it, it, at times I'm like, we, we think we know we can do this unless, like, all of you decide to quit and walk out of here today, and then we probably have an issue. But sometime I would just like to do something, not knowing if we could and trusting in God to take care of us. And so uh, in this situation, and again, unless all of you get mad and quit today, uh, we, we feel like we can, we can handle uh, this uh, debt that we're asking. We're, we're adding approximately about 1,200 square foot to that uh, end. It's not a lot of space that we're adding, but we're doing a total, we're building a church, children's area as a part of that, and then uh, totally re renovating the Family Life Center as well. We are asking for your approval to borrow up to $250,000 should we need it. Now, we are not anticipating at all that that project will cost that much. We're shooting to try to keep it under 200, or I'm shooting to try to keep it under 200,000. We're asking for 250 just because there are some unknowns with some high-pressured gas lines and relocating some utilities and things like that that we, we're not really aware of, and we don't have to come back later and ask you for more. So we want to uh, go ahead and, and ask for up to $250,000. Uh, so again, I, mainly, I just want you to be praying about it, okay? If you're not, start. Uh, be praying about how God would lead us and guide us, what he would have us to do. We, we don't want to do what Steve wants to do. We don't want to do what the church board wants to do. We want to do what God wants us to do. And so you be praying about how we can best minister to our community because that's why we're here, is to minister to this community and raise our kids up to take this church over when you and I are long gone. So be praying about that, and uh, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. But I'm excited that you're here today because we're continuing uh, this series we started a few weeks ago called You Decide, right? So next Sunday, you're going to get to decide if we go forward with this project or not. But today, uh, what we're doing is we're looking at decisions that we make in life, decisions that we get to make. And we all make a lot of decisions every single day. We make a decision as soon as we wake up. Or, you know, am I going to get up or am I not? You know, am I going to brush my teeth or am I going to be rank all day? You know, so we make all these decisions each and every day. And we talked about when we started this series that, uh, uh, that today you are the sum total of the decisions that you've made in the past, right? I mean, you are who you are today because of decisions that you have made before. You are where you're at today because you decided to be here today. 
And, and so, but, but whatever decisions you have made in the past determine who you are and where you're at today. But here is what's so important for us to understand. The decisions that you make today, the decisions that you are making right now, will determine who you become and where you are at and what you are doing tomorrow. And so decisions are so important. So what we're doing in this series is we're focusing in on four really big decisions. And in week one, we talked about deciding to live out uh, our purpose over popularity. And we were brought to the point of, okay, I, you, I get to decide, you get to decide if I'm going to live my life for God's purpose or I'm going to live it for other people's approval and popularity. And so we get to decide that. God gives us the ability to do that. And we, uh, number two, last week we talked about deciding whether we are going to surrender or control. And there's a lot of different areas that that covered. But are we going to surrender a situation, a relationship, a person, you know, ourselves? Are we going to surrender to God? Or are we going to be in control of it? Because uh, we have the ability and the opportunity to make that decision if we're going to try to control it or surrender it. Today we're going to be talking about a big decision that every single one of us will need to make in some area uh, of our lives. Today we're going to decide whether we're going to be a giver or a taker. A giver or a taker. You decide. And I get this sense this morning, I got it in the first service, that when I said that, you're like, he's presenting this building plan, and now he's going to guilt me into being a giver or a taker. And if God spoke that into your heart right now, that was God, because I'm not preaching on that. All right? So if you got a little guilty about that and got a little uneasy about whether you're a giver or a taker, <laughs> take that up with God. I, I'm not preaching on that. But here's the deal. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know that there are some incredible benefits to being a follower of Jesus, right? Do you know that? There's some incredible benefits to being a child of the King, right? There's some benefit that goes uh, to that. And we, we talk about those benefits a lot. We talk about how God loves us and how God wants what is best for us, right? And because he loves us, he wants to help us. And so he wants to help you with life. He not only wants to help you with life, but his word tells you, promises us, tells us, says, he says, I want you to have life and have it more what? Abundantly. Not only does he want us not to just have life, but he wants us to have it more abundantly. And when it comes to relationships, God wants to help you with that. God wants to help you with your relationships because, after all, he's the one that created relationships to begin with, right? And so he wants to help us with that. When it comes to finances, God wants to help us with that because he owns it all. He created it all. It's all his. And so he wants to help us when it comes to decisions. He wants to help you with your decisions. He wants to help his kids make the right decisions. Do you believe that today? That your daddy wants to help you make good decisions and right decisions? After all, he created your very mind that you make decisions with. So he can help you with making 
decisions. God can help you. There are benefits to knowing Christ and following him. There are perks to being a child of the king. But here's the deal. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, at some point on your journey, and we talk a lot about about our relationship with Jesus being like a journey because that's exactly what it is. We take one step at a time. He shows us our next step. We take it. That's a journey. We're on a journey with Jesus. Somewhere along the way on our journey and on our walk with Jesus, we're going to come to a place where it's going to be hard. And it's going to be difficult to take that next step. It's not going to be easy. You're actually going to have to give something up in order to take that next step. It's actually going to cost you something. Okay, There's a time, in fact, there are several times during the life of everyone who is a Christian that being a follower of Jesus is going to cost you. And when that time comes, you're going to have to decide, am I just going to be a taker or am I going to be a giver? Am I going to be a taker or am I going to be a giver? And our nature is to take, Right? Or my nature is. Some of you are perfect. My nature is to be a taker. I mean, it's our human nature to, to love the benefits. You know, the more benefits we can get, the more we like it. We want the benefits. We love what God has done. We love what God is doing. We love what we think God might do for us in the days ahead. And that's okay for a little while. In fact, Jesus kind of used this to his advantage because, you know, he, he could give anybody pretty much anything. And so he used this to his advantage when he was here to kind of draw people in, right? And, and so remember when he, was, uh, when he performed the miracle of, the, of feeding the 5,000, right? What was happening there? He was giving, giving, giving. They were taking, 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 right? But he kind of draw, drew them in through that miracle that he performed by, by them being takers and him being a giver. And remember when Peter and his guys were fishing in the boat and he almost sank the boat putting so many fish in their nets that, you know, the boat, the boat almost sank with so many fish. And Jesus was like, you want to see some more of that? You want some more fish? And they're like, yeah, you know, take, 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 take. And he said, then come follow me. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. So Jesus understood, because he created us, that we as humans, we're naturally bent toward being takers toward being consumers, to receive the benefits of his generosity. But a lot of you that are here today, you've discovered somewhere uh, along the way that there's a point of transition where you go from being a taker of his generosity to being a giver. And you understand that this walk with Jesus, this journey with Christ, actually does cost you something. It's going to cost you to be a follower of Jesus. But you decide. You decide. Some of you here this morning have been considering, and you know that God's been asking you to take a step of faith, right? Some of you have been considering joining the church. Matter of fact, you're, you're sitting there going, you're bummed right now because you're like, man, I'm not going to get to vote next week because I'm not a member of the church. Well, I guess we could, have, we could take a bunch in before we... Now, that'd be like, that would make it look like I'm trying to pad it now. So you're going to have to wait two weeks. You just don't get to vote next week. 
But, but some, seriously, some of, you, some of you have considered joining the church, but you've just never done it because it's just kind of uncomfortable and awkward for you. Some of you uh, are under conviction about tithing, and you think I preach on it every week, but I don't. You know, it's just something that God's got his finger on in your life. Some of you are, are, are struggling with uh, the fact that you haven't been baptized before. And you know God's word says repent and be baptized. I mean, you know his word says that, and you know uh, after being saved, the, the next step, according to God's word, is to be baptized. And so you've been struggling with that. But here's the deal. Somewhere along the way in your journey of faith, it's going to cost you something. It's going to require something of you. All right? God's word is very clear about that. Now, this may not sound like good news to some of you because we really like the taking part. But... Preacher, don't preach on the giving part, right? But it's all included in, in his word. And, and so we're going to look uh, at this teaching of Jesus today in Mark chapter 8 that is so profound. And it brings us to a point of decision today. And it's this. Are we going to be takers or are we going to be givers? And before we get to it, I would just remind you that your salvation was free for the taking. Your salvation cost you nothing. But following Jesus is going to cost you something. But I can't explain this as good as Jesus can, so he does a far better job. So let's look at what he says in uh, Mark chapter 8. We're going to pick it up, verse 27. And um, I'm going to be looking at several, several verses there. Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, he said, Who do people say that I am? And they replied, Well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? Jesus asked. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, You? are the Messiah. Now this is huge right here. Peter is saying, you're Christ. You're the anointed one. You're the one that I've been hearing about since I was a, a little bitty boy. You're the one that we've been waiting on for centuries and centuries. And then in verse 30, Jesus warned them not to tell anybody. <laughs> Don't tell anyone about me. Basically saying, Peter, you're right. Good job. You get it. But don't tell anyone. And then he goes on in verse 31. He says, then, he, he then began to teach them that the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, talking about himself. He says, Jesus must suffer many things. And he'll be rejected by the elders. He'll be rejected by the chief priest. And, and he'll be rejected by the teachers of the law. And he must be killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and he began to rebuke Jesus. Right? Peter's like, Jesus, you were doing so good. Don't go negative. Don't be a negative preacher. Right? Don't talk about negative things. Don't talk about things that make people uncomfortable. Don't do that. 
You've done all these miracles, and, and I get it, and I realized who you are, and you said that I'm right, but you shouldn't be talking about people having to pay a price. You shouldn't be talking about you having to be rejected and beaten and arrested and, and killed. That's negative. Don't go negative. You can't build a church preaching negative. You can't enter into a building campaign preaching negative. You can't get people to follow you saying these kinds of things. Verse 33. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. <laughs> get behind me, Satan. That seems pretty strong, doesn't it? It's pretty strong words for, for Jesus to be speaking to one of his closest, you know, Peter. But, but listen to the point here. He says, Peter, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Can I paraphrase this a little bit? Peter, you're a consumer. Peter, you're a taker. You're in this for what you want. You're in this for what Peter wants. You're not in this for God's plan. You're in this for your plan. You're in this for what you can get out of it. Verse 34, then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And he said, and then Jesus launches into a, a teaching moment for them and for us that is so profound this morning. All right, he's, he's just called out one of his closest followers, Peter, right? He's just called him out. And basically, he's telling him, you're a taker. You're a taker, Peter. You just want the benefits of being a follower. You just want the benefits. But we're at a different place now, and we're just days away from some really bad stuff. Some really tough stuff is about to take place here. And it's time for you to move from being a taker to it costing you something. And now he begins to explain it to all of them and, and to us. And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must what? deny themselves. Okay, what does that mean? That means you say no to you. That means you say no to you. Yes, the benefits of following Jesus are awesome. They're, they're great. But at some point, he's going to ask you to do something. He's going to ask you to do something. And you're going to have to look in the mirror and say no to you and yes to him. And it's going to cost you something. And it won't be easy. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now, this is interesting that he went to the cross here while he's talking to them. Because you see, the cross to you and I is a piece of jewelry. It's something many people wear around their neck. It's something that we use uh, for, for beauty. But to these disciples, to the people that he was speaking to, the cross was gruesome. It was an ugly reminder. They knew that it was the greatest tool of torture that could be used on them or in anyone during their day. They had walked by many crosses that were set up to be a reminder to them, the Jews. And Jesus is telling them, he's telling us, if you're going to be my followers, you're going to have to die. 
If you're going to be my followers, you're going to have to die. You're going to have to give something up. It's going to cost you. And Jesus has them right where he wants them now, and he's got us right where he wants us to. And, and he's like, you know, before you freak out, before you change churches, right, before you get up and, and leave, before you look for someone else to follow or someone else to preach, he, he's like, let me help you understand this. And then he says this. This is so great in verse 35. He says, for whoever wants to save their life. Who wants to save their life? God, there's a few of you here that would like to live. I, I'm, the rest of you will schedule your funerals now if you like. We'll, we've got a planner in my office. Just stop by after service today and we'll write you in whatever day you want. Who wants to save their life? Uh, yeah. All right, I'm not signing up to die today. Who wants to save their life? That's me. That's you. That's why we go get physicals. That's why I take high blood pressure medicine. All right, because I want to live. If I wasn't taking it, I would have already exploded by now. It would have been like a volcano. We all want to live. This is, this is why Jesus was a master communicator. He knew the crowd, right? He knows us. He knows you. He knows me. And he's like, you want to save your life, don't you? But yeah. We all want to live. Well, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Think about it. Even doctors die. Even the greatest surgeons that ever walked on this earth die. People who don't eat meat <laughs> die. Miserable. <laughs> Keep eating that green stuff. You're just going to die with a bad taste in your mouth. I hate to say this because we're part of a mayor's challenge and we're trying to get all of our miles in and win the team trophy for Greenbrier again. If you haven't done that, go to Greenbrier, get fit, sign up, join our team. But can I just tell you, even people who exercise die. They die. Everybody wants to save their life, but Jesus says everybody's going to lose it. Everybody loses it, and he goes on. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, this good news, because y'all aren't thinking this is such good news right now, but whoever loses their life for me and for this good news, they're going to save their life. And you're confused, and I'm sure they were too, right? So everybody that wants to save their life, that's us, is going to lose it, okay? But everybody that loses their life, that is based on Jesus or his gospel, is going to save their life. And you know they're confused at this time, don't you imagine? They're confused. They're not sure what he's trying to say or what he's trying to teach. And then he asked this incredible question in verse 36. Here's the just. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit or lose or trade away? What good is it for you to gain the whole world, yet lose your soul? 
starting to make a little more sense now here, isn't it? In other words, he, he says, uh, imagine, uh, just imagine this. Imagine that you could have the perfect life, okay? Whatever the perfect life is for you. I don't know, I, I don't know what the perfect life is for you. Maybe uh, it's living where you want to live. Maybe it's uh, driving what you want to drive. Uh, maybe, you know, to be married to or to date, uh, whoever you think is perfect, you know, that you want to marry or date. Maybe the perfect life for you is that all your kids go to medical school or law school, or maybe they become professional athletes. Maybe that would be the perfect life for you. Whatever the perfect life is for you, I don't know what that is. What good would it be if you had all that? Your perfect dream your perfect house, your perfect life. What good would it be if you had all that? And now, check this out. And you get to the end of your life. And we've already established that you're going to lose it. That you're going to lose your life. Nobody lives forever. What good is it if you have all these things and you get to the end of your perfect life and you realize, I've worked all my life for this perfect life, but now as I look into eternity, I've traded it all for my soul. And if you believe that there is something more than this life, if you believe that there is something beyond this life, I believe that you will agree with me this morning that the last thing you want to do is do something in this life, even if this life was perfect, that would forfeit what there is on the other side of your last breath. And then he tells you something in the next statement that some of you may have not known until today. He's going to reveal something to you today that you probably haven't thought about because we're too busy for this. This, this doesn't sink in. And if we were to take this thought and put it front and center in our marriages, and we would take this thought and put it front and center in how we raise our kids, and put it in front and center in our dating relationships and in the way that we manage our money and the way that we treat other people, it might just change everything that we do. This, this is big. This is so important. Verse 37. Or what can anyone give? There's our decision. All right. This is, this is where we're involved. Or what can anyone give? Will we be takers or givers? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What would you give in this life in exchange for your soul? Because some of you are making a bum deal right now. <laughs> You're trading something that don't amount to much for something that amounts to a whole lot. What is it that you would trade in this life in exchange for your soul? If you had everything in your life in one hand and you had your soul in the other hand, what would you give to protect 
your soul for what comes after in this life? What would you give? You'd give everything. You'd give it all. I know the answer. If you've got any sense whatsoever, you'd give it all to protect your soul in eternity, would you not? You're at the end of this life looking into the next one. And you had the opportunity to trade anything from this life to protect your soul. What would you be willing to trade from this life? What would you trade to save your soul? Remember, everybody wants to save their life, right? But everybody's going to lose it. What would you be willing to trade in this life for the benefit of your soul in eternity? Is there anything that you would hang on to? You would say no. You, you would say no. And in this moment, we discover, we all discover something about ourselves. We get to decide. See, this is a decision you get to make. And I'll be blunt because that's just how I am. I really don't know any other way to be. But you decide. Your soul or your stuff. You decide. Your soul or a relationship. You decide. Your soul or your money. We get to decide our soul or our 401k. Listen, your soul of a, is of greater value than anything else that you have or could accumulate on this earth. Your soul is of greater value than all your relationships. And, I, and I'm just going to go here this morning because I, I need to. Your kids' souls, your grandchildren's souls are more valuable than a trophy they're more valuable than a championship ring. And they're more valuable than a scholarship. Your children's souls are the most important thing that you have ever been given to you to take care of. That's what's important. Yes, your soul is important, but you've also created some other little souls that are running around here now that are your responsibility. What are you putting before their souls? What is more valuable to you than their souls? Because if at the end of this life, and you're, you're leaving it all anyway, you're not taking it with you, right? At the end of this life, you're about to leave it all anyway, and you had the opportunity at the end of your life to push a button and trade it all for the benefit of your soul, you would push the button you would push the button. And, and the bottom line is this. You value your soul more than the things you spend your life protecting, insuring, exercising, buying, right? You value your soul above all those things because when you get to the end of your life, you'd be willing to trade all that that you've been insuring and protecting and buying and exercising. You'd be willing to trade it all for your soul to be safe. So you value your soul. You can't deny that. You can't deny that. At the end of this life, I promise you, you would give it all to protect your soul as it enters into eternity. And Jesus is saying to them, 
He's saying to his disciples. He's saying to us, ladies and gentlemen, I know you. (laughs) He's saying, I know you. All this stuff that you're afraid you might have to give up to follow me, these sacrifices that you think you're going to have to make to be a follower of Jesus, I know you, and there's a day coming that you will be willing to give it all up. There's a day coming when you will be willing to sacrifice it all, when you will be willing to give it all up. If it had anything to do with the benefit and the future of your soul, you would do it then, right? And he's right. We would trade it all for our souls. Wow. Just think if that's set in the center of all of our decision-making, all right? If that sat in the center of every decision that we make, would I surrender my life fully to him? Would I totally submit to him? Would I be willing to do what he's asking me to do even though it might be scary? might be difficult. Would I be willing to do it if this sat in the center of how I made my decisions? Would I worry about what other people thought if this was at the front of all the decisions that I made? And I'll just go here Would I be too proud to publicly be baptized and acknowledge that I am his follower? If I knew that in the end, I'd be willing to do whatever it took to protect my soul. Would I not join a church that's doing everything they can possibly do to get this good news to other people so that their souls could be protected too? Would I not want to be a part of that? What are you trading in this life to protect your soul in the next life. I don't know what it is for you, but I can tell you this, you're going to lose it anyway. You're going to lose it anyway. Why are you holding on to the things of the world that you're going to lose anyway? So let me ask you this morning, are you a taker or are you willing to be a giver? You decide. And he closes with this, and I will too. I don't know how this applies to you, but I didn't want to just stop there. Because then he looks them in the eye and he says this in verse 38. He said, if anyone is ashamed of me, if anyone is embarrassed to be my follower, if anyone is embarrassed to do anything that I may have asked them to do, If any of you are embarrassed to be known as a follower of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. Whatever it is that you're trying to do here on this earth, whatever it is that you're trying to protect, you're going to lose it one day anyway. Whatever you're worried about, people will think about you. Or whatever you think you may lose because you follow me, Jesus says. He says, I know it will be painful in the moment. It might even feel like death for a moment. But don't be ashamed of me. Because one day, 
you will be willing to trade it all for your soul. What is more important, your life or your soul? And on the day when you stand before me, what will you have gained? What will you have gained if you were ashamed to follow me? And he says, I will be ashamed of you. What will you have held on to that was so important? What will you have held on to as you worried about what people thought about you? He says, the only thing that matters is what I think. We need to remind ourselves of that every single day. The way I live my life today, it only matters to one person what they think. What he thinks. And I know you. He says, and you value your soul more than anything you value on this earth. And he says, so don't be ashamed of me. Don't be afraid to follow me. Today, Jesus is calling some of you to go from being a taker and a consumer to being a follower and a giver. Salvation is free. It didn't cost you anything. It was offered free to every single one of us. Salvation is free, but following Jesus is going to cost you something. And I don't know what this is going to be for you, but you know what he's speaking to your heart about today. And God's saying, this is what you need to do, and yes, it may be difficult, and it may not be easy, but you're going to have to go there, or you're going to have to go to that person and have a conversation that may not be easy to have. Or maybe you're going to have to give what he's telling you to give toward a building program. I'll throw that in there. I don't think that was him. I think that was just me. I'm sorry. I wasn't speaking on behalf of God. <clears throat> maybe I was. Maybe he's telling you today that, you know what, you need to just stay in that relationship. May not be easy. May be hard. May cost you something, but today he's telling you to stay. Or maybe there's someone here today that's in a relationship that you know you don't need to be in. And it may feel like a death walking away from it, but you know what you need to do. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. But if you're going to move from being a taker to a giver, this is the step that you're going to have to take. Whatever it is he's asking you to do. And it may be giving up something that you never get back. I don't know. But here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying this. Following me is going to cost you. Following me is going to cost you something. And you decide today, are you going to continue being a taker? Or are you going to realize today that you have to be a giver when it comes to being a follower of Jesus Christ? You decide. 
You decide. But I believe that God has been faithful to speak to many people here today about what they need to give up or give in order to be a faithful follower of Jesus. But you decide. It's your decision. Let me pray for you. God, first, I just want to thank you for your word today. And a lot of times we'll go to your word and we'll read it and we'll study it and it'll make us happy and we read about the blessings and we read about heaven and we read about streets of gold and gates of pearl and we read about your goodness and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness and we're all about it and we're so excited to receive it and we're thankful for it. God, sometimes your word makes us uncomfortable. And uh, that's what you intended, was that sometimes it would challenge, and sometimes it would convict. And I just pray today uh, that your Holy Spirit would continue to stir this message within us in our hearts today as we leave here and and in the days ahead. And today, whether everyone here is a Christian or not, we all acknowledge that if the time came, we would exchange this world and all that's in it for the sake of somehow saving our soul. The condition of our soul. God, our relationship with you is is so much more important to us than anything that this world has to offer. And we thank you for that reminder today. I just pray that you would give us the wisdom now to know what to do with it, that we would take this and what you've spoken to our lives today, and and we would just keep it at the forefront of our minds as we make decisions going forward uh, in in our individual lives, in our family, in our church. God, our relationship with you is more important than anything else. Help us to know what to do with that and give us the courage to do it. Some here today know what you're calling them to give. Some here today know what you're calling them to give up. Some here today know what that next step of faith is. And I pray that you would find each and every one of us faithful and obedient to that. And God, I I just specifically want to pray for our young people today because their situation is a whole lot different than than ours. And, And it's their whole world to them. But God, I pray that you would give them the courage to open their hand and let go of the things that will keep them from a life of being a follower of you. I pray that they would understand the value of a relationship with you compared to the value of the things of the world. And they say, you know what? I'm not living for the approval of others. I'm living for the approval of my Savior. Give us all the wisdom and the courage and the grace that we need to be givers and not just takers. And that we would surrender everything to you now. Because there's a day coming when we will, whether we choose to or not. So today I pray that we would 
surrender the things in our lives that you've spoke to us about and to be givers. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, God bless you all. I encourage you to look at those plans out there in the foyer. If you have any questions about that, you can uh, go to the Welcome Center. They can answer any questions that you might have. God bless.